0: Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 887 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. <laughs> director of Public Relations. Or a The record is available only at the exhibition. Reloaded. There's no Reloaded. Up-
1: Thrilled to be here. Welcome in to the Sunday Sports Shootout here on 88.7 FM, WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. I'm your host as always, Nick Schultz, and I'm in a good mood this week because the Bears won and they won playing well. The other team didn't lose. It was an awesome week. And we'll just ignore the fact that I had a paper to write and I had other final projects to do and I got a final coming up on Tuesday and I'm starting the job search and my internship's ending in a couple weeks and... Everything's fine. This is fine. I'm not stressed at all. I promise. No, I'm only on my first cup of coffee today. But thank goodness for a good sports week. Well, mostly a good sports week. We'll get to the Bulls later on. But I'm not leading with them like I did last week. Because last week I went on a whole rant about the Bulls and they clearly didn't listen. So do with that what you will. But I'm glad to be back. It is... Already the second week of December, which is crazy to think about, and it is very cold and it's going to get colder this week. I'm not excited, but hey, here I am. Phone lines are open, 773-508-9589, 773-508-WLUW. If you want to chime in on anything, literally anything, within reason, call me up. So how about those Bears? How about Mitchell Trubisky? How about that offense? How about that play calling? I went full meatball Bears fan on Thursday night. And if you follow me on Twitter, and if you don't, you should at Nick Schultz underscore seven, you would know that I went full meatball Bears fan. Oh, look at these guys. They're playing so great. They're playing a good team. Yes, I said the Cowboys were a good team on Twitter. Go ahead, laugh at me. I know the Cowboys are not really that good a team except on paper. They're not a bad team, though. It's not like they were facing the Lions. Cowboys came in as the eighth-ranked defense in the league. And Trubisky literally, which is weird to say, ran circles around them. Three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. How about that? All the haters out there seemed awful quiet on Thursday night. And I know I said a few weeks back that I'm off the bandwagon, that this guy might not be the solution, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what Matt Nagy did? Four words. Let Mitch be Mitch. He let him run. Those were, there were designed runs in there, but there were also some scrambles in there that Mitch looked good on that we hadn't seen really since the shoulder injury, even, even last year when he had the injury, I think it was also against Minnesota. We didn't see... This Trubisky, and I'm sitting there watching this game going, where has this been all year? We've been sitting here ripping on this offense all year because it's just been stagnant. Now they got a run game, and Mitch looked really good. He had a 115.5 passer rating. Where was this Bears team all year? Bears are now 7-6. and six. They are not out of the playoff hunt. If you're a Bears fan... You need to be rooting for the Seattle Seahawks to beat the Rams. I'm pulling up the full slate of games so I can get this right. Cuz there's still a path to the so for the Bears to make the playoffs. It's not easy. In fact, it's damn near impossible. But it can happen. The Vikings play the Lions at noon. Bears fans should want the Lions to win. They won't, because it's the Lions. But you should want the Lions to win. The Packers are playing the Redskins. If you're a Bears fan, you want the Redskins to win anyway. Even though they're absolutely not going to. But you should be really pulling for Washington. The Seahawks play the Rams tonight on Sunday Night Football on national TV. I will be watching. I don't usually watch the Sunday Night game unless it... Well, I did... As Lawrence Holmes put it on the radio this week, I did hate watch the Texans game last week, more on that in a second, but Seahawks Rams tonight, playoff implications because the Rams are, I believe, half a game up on the Bears in the standings. I'm pulling it up right now because I'm pretty sure that that's where they stand right now. Stand, standings, funny. Yes, the Rams are seven and five. The Bears are seven and six. Because the Bear because the Bears and the Cowboys have all played one more game. So watch that Seahawks game tonight. You want Seattle to win. I'm pulling for Seattle and I would be anyways, because I like Russell Wilson. But watch the Sunday night game tonight. If you want the Bears to make the playoffs, you really want Seattle to win. Now it's not guaranteeing they will because the Bears are still. A game and a half behind Minnesota for that second wildcard spot. Big thing is, you want you want the Rams to lose, but you also really want the Vikings to lose. It won't. It, it probably won't happen because th- unless David Blau, who I don't even think David Blau is playing. I think Driscoll's back tonight for Detroit. Unless David Blau comes in and oh, David Blau, he's so great. Look at this kid. He went undrafted. He lost and he got outplayed by Mitchell Trubisky before Trubisky. Became the Trubisky we remember. Going to be a full day of football. I'm excited. Although I'm probably not going to watch until the Seahawks game because uh, I made it a pact that I was going to get through this last week where I had a paper and a project and work, and we had our last Phoenix issue of the semester, and we had everything. I had to get through it. It was crazy. It was stressful. I made a pact that after the show today, so it's now 11:07. At noon, well I'm going to take the red line back. So it's going to be at me home about 12:45. I'm not going to watch football today. I will watch via Twitter for the Vikings and the Packers games, but I will not be watching football because I'm going to go home and watch The Irishman. And if anyone has any reviews on The Irishman, please let me know cuz I've heard nothing but good things, but I've also heard or I shouldn't say nothing but good things considering what I'm getting to. I've heard a lot of good things, but I've heard some negative like kind of Shakiness. I know my brother, who's really into mob movies like this. He loved it. He said it was Scorsese's best since Goodfellas. But if you got a re- if you got a review of The Irishman, tweet me, call me, text me, whatever. Like I, I'm watching it today. And then I start the Mandalorian this week too. I'm just gonna go all out. Finally watch what I've been putting off for the last three weeks. So I will not be watching football until the Sunday night game. That said, let's look at the Bears' upcoming schedule. The Bears are 7 6. There are, crazy enough, three games left on the schedule. What do the Bears have to do to get to the playoffs? Well, I'm going to tell you. They got to go through Green Bay at the House of Pain, that is Lambeau Field, next week. And then then they play at home on national TV against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm setting an over-under. You can book it right now. Two weeks in advance. I'm setting an over-under of four game minutes until we see a graphic that has Mahomes, Trubisky, and Deshaun Watson. I'm saying four minutes into the game. They're going to compare those two. It's going to be ruthless. And then to, to close out the year... The Bears go to the other house of pain that is in Minnesota, U.S. Bank Stadium, December 29th. That is not an easy road to the playoffs, and the Bears are underdogs in each game. Can they do it? If they look like they did on Thursday, they can. Because that would look amazing on Thursday. Also, who is J.P. Holtz, and where did he come from? Because he was the leading receiver. Like, I don't know where that came from, but give him the MVP award. I keep changing who I'm giving the MVP to. It went to Eddie Eddie Pinheiro, but then he he missed a bunch of field goals, so I took it away from him. But give J.P. Holtz an award or something, because that was he came out of nowhere. So today's games are crucial, and it's going to be really, really fun end of the season. Like I know Matt. I guess Matt Nagy made a comment this week about how he's proud that these games in December matter. Let's. Back up the truck for a second. Hang on. You're telling me you're proud that these games matter? You don't want these games to matter. This is not the team we saw last year. You're playing with last year's offense, that crazy, fun offense. You're playing like that. You're not worried about these games right now. Now you have to worry about these games, and you have to scoreboard watch. I didn't envision having to care about Seahawks-Rams. Like I don't, The only reason I would even care about that game in the first place is because I like Russell Wilson. Like I said, I've always liked Russell Wilson. Even when he passed the ball, when he should have handed it off to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl, even though that wasn't his fault, I just like making the joke that the Seahawks should have ran the ball. I, I was going to watch it a little bit because my roommate and I always watch a little bit of Sunday Night Football. But now i got to be scoreboard watching that and the Packer game and the Vikings game? And you're proud, Matt Nagy, that these games matter? Proud wouldn't be the word I use. Now, I don't want to just rip on Matt Nagy because I thought he had a good game on Thursday, too. I thought Mitch was better, but I thought Matt Nagy had a good game, too. The play calling looked good outside outside of that stupid Wildcat play, like with Cordero Patterson when he lost, what, four yards? I like the cuteness. Don't get me wrong. The Santa Slay last year, the the uh I forgot his name, the Bradley Sowell touchdown. Not it's not Bradley Sowell, it's Bradley Sowell. Those plays like that were fun. Like when you're you you could tell they had swagger. This year you're not seeing those, and now they're playing well against uh now they're playing well against a Dallas team, and they decided to go in a wildcat with Cordero Patterson, and you knew when that play came out, you're like, that's not gonna work. There's a difference between being cute and being too cute. When you're being too cute, you have what you had on Thursday where you get Patterson gets the ball and he's looking and he gets blindsided and loses four yards. When you're just cute enough, you get the Santa slays with the big guy touchdowns. You get those crazy plays. That was the most complete Bears game we've seen all year on Thursday, by far. They need to do it again against Green Bay. That's the part that they gotta go. With. They gotta go to Green Bay. I always worry about the Packer games anymore, and I shouldn't, because they're always gonna be good games. But now this game actually means something now. Usually, in years past, when they play the Packers late in the season, it's always. Oh, well, we just got to let's just beat the Packers once. Just beat them once and we're good because we're not going to win anything else. Now, you actually do have to beat the Packers once if you want to, if you want a, any shot at making the playoffs, which I don't know if they will make the playoffs this year, but we'll see. It's going to be a crazy few weeks. And I plan on going full meatball Bears fan if they beat the Packers next week somehow. I've got so many friends that are Packer fans that are already talking trash about it, and I'm just telling them, you wait. You wait. If Mitchell Trubisky looks half as good as he did against Dallas, that's going to be a really good game for the Chicago Bears. I am so excited, in case you can't tell. 773-508-9589, 773-508-WLUW. Let's talk about last week, though. On Sunday Night Football. Did you watch that game? If you didn't, let me give you the Cliff Notes version. Deshaun Watson did a lot of Deshaun Watson things, and he looked really, really good. And as a Bears fan, watching that game, he made me feel really, really bad about myself. It was an awesome game, and he kept getting all the... There was one... I turned it on right when he had... There was a scramble that he had... So he came out of the gun, and he's looking for someone open. And I forget who it was, went to go tackle him. And he almost got sacked, but he kept his footing. He stayed up. He, he threw the ball out of bounds. But even Chris Collinsworth said, that play changed the game because if he'd have gone down there, that would have put them second and like 28 or something. But instead, they kept it second and 12 or third and 12, something like that. It was awesome. Deshaun Watson last week, 18-25, passing 234 yards and three touchdowns. I tweeted this too. The only reason, the only reason I was enjoying that game last week is because I have Deshaun Watson on my fantasy team. That's the same fantasy team that I have the Bears defense who got me a whopping two points this week against Dallas. As happy as I am that they beat Dallas. The defense got me two points. But anyway, but I'm getting off my soapbox here. Seeing Deshaun Watson do what he did last week and getting all that praise from Alan Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, he had a passive rating of 140.7. I know I've defended Mitchell Trubisky on these airwaves, in this chair, in my columns, and on Twitter. I've defended him. I have always said. I thought at the time they were trading up for Deshaun Watson, and I'd still I'd absolutely taken Deshaun Watson over Trubisky. And I made this, and I made this statement too. That draft, I'd never heard of Patrick Mahomes. I hadn't. I didn't pay much attention to Texas Tech football. There was, I'm a Notre Dame fan. You don't really pay much attention to anybody besides Notre Dame and your rivals. But I knew who Deshaun Watson was because the guy won a national championship. So when the draft came up, when they traded up to him, I'm like, okay, they're taking Deshaun Watson. I'm here for this. Let's go. Mahomes wasn't even on my radar. You will never, ever hear me say the Bears should have drafted Mahomes. You won't ever hear me say that because at the time, I didn't know who he was, and I know I'm not alone in that statement. So this guy should have been a Bear, and instead he's playing down in Houston, lighting it up, we're an eight and four team. And tr- yes, Trubisky looked good on Thursday. Yes, he's looked good the last couple games. Look at just look at the opponents, though. Just Dallas, I will Dallas, I'm gonna give him credit, because that's a huge stage. That's oh, there's America's team, blah, 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 etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even though I did have to laugh at Stephen A. Smith's Twitter video where he's just laughing, going, How about them Cowboys with Let's Stay Together by Al Green in the background? If you haven't seen it. Watch it. It's two minutes of him just laughing at the Dallas Cowboys. The Bears are on a three-game winning streak. In those three games, they have played the New York Giants, they have played the Detroit Lions, and they played the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm not a football expert, per se. I don't cover football. I just, I'm just i just a meatball Bears fan, like I said. The Lions and the Giants are not very good. And the Cowboys, depend on paper, they look good. But when you watch them play, that's a team that's underperforming badly. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to see how they do with this long layoff. It's going to be—it's going to suck not having Roquan Smith, though. Matt Nagy said he fears that Roquan tore his pec, which sounds painful. As a shimmy in my chair. They're going to be without Roquan Smith, but they get Akeem Hicks back next week. They're getting Akeem Hicks back, and I'll see if he's as fired up as he was when he hung up on Waddle and Sylvie a couple weeks ago. I am so – I I would love to have Roquan and Akeem Hicks on the, on the field together, but you know what? Like, Roquan is going to leave it. It's going to be a huge hole. He was playing really, really well. I think Akeem Hicks coming back, and we've got a caller on the line. Did the light just flash? Yeah, it's flashing now. Okay, we're good. I think having Akeem Hicks back is going to make a huge difference. And you're not going to see Khalil Mack get double and triple teamed all the time. He might actually make an impact on the game. Now he had a big sack against Dallas. And I told my dad this, and I will say this here. Dak Prescott is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL. He does not deserve $40 million a year, and you saw why against the Bears. He had that one good drive, and he didn't do anything else the rest of the game. He looked bad. I joked he looked like he was taking a page out of Mitch's book. So we have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. You're on WLUW.
2: Hey, how you doing, Nick? It's uh, Rick from Glenview. Rick, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, not so well because uh, the refs decided to swallow their whistles in that uh, overtime the other night between the Hawks and Boston on an obvious interference call that would have been made at any
1: other point in the game except the OT. Yeah, I saw the play you're talking about. Yeah, I, I agree
2: with you on that one. That's an obvious interference call, and, you know, I, it's just a shame that they, like I said, Nick, without a doubt, whether you're a Hawks fan or a Bruins fan, they would have made that call earlier in the game. Oh, I agree. But that said, I'd like to just give you a little bit of insight into a Boston Bruins fan's world, and that is that Rask will never win a Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins. Or I should say the Boston Bruins will never win a Cup with Rask and Nett. What makes you say that? Uh, what makes you say that? What makes you say that is um, in 2013 he gave up the two goals in the infamous two goals in 17 seconds. Wasn't that amazing? The Wasn't that awesome? So, so the the same goalie gave, faded, uh, actually wilted in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals last year against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, to the point where he staked him to a 4 nothing lead, the Blues. And and, he just, and then that game the other night against the Hawks. Who gives up a shorthanded goal in a 0-0 game and a goal 17 seconds into the third period? Nobody but the guy who just hits terrible lapses of concentration at pivotal moments, and that is Rask. As a Bruins fan, I'm done with him. He'll never win a cup in Boston.
1: You know we've got a unique situation up here where we've got like you got the goalies and Crawford and Leonard who were really good and gave up what twelve goals in two games to Colorado, but I'm looking at the box score. I didn't watch the game between the Hawks and the Bruins on Thursday. I, that was the I was recovering from writing a writing a paper on the New Testament of the Bible. If you want a lecture on the Gospel
2: of Mark, I got you covered after that. But I, I'll spare you that. Good. But, you know what? Good for you. I, I, I'm a believer, uh, so that that's wonderful to hear. That I I was about to rib you about priorities, you know, watching the Hawks Bruins instead of your term paper, but you you made the right call.
1: Yeah, I, I just hope Jesus understands and will give me help me out on my grade. Uh, but <laughs> I'm watching. I was I didn't watch, but I'm looking at the box score here. The Hawks gave up three goals in the third period, which I it, Robin Leonard was in goal. So what the Hawks have, the goalies are solid. Like, I've never been the biggest Corey Crawford fan. I'll admit it. But, I mean, he's solid, and I love Robin Leonard. These guys can't play defense to save their lives.
2: That's what we've got up I, here. You know what? It's a definite improvement. Um, Crow has been vastly underrated as a hawk net minor. I mean, uh, how many cups do you need before you, have, um, before you can say that the guy is a great goalie? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he had a lot. Of, he had a lot of talent in front of him, but to a man, they'll tell you that the goalie is always has been, always will be the last line of defense.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and you're seeing that here. The goalies are the last line of defense because there's no defense in front of them. Like there's, they're not playing anything right now. And I'm, I'm, I when I intern, when I go to my internships. I'm watching the games, and you, I know something's bad when Jamal Mayers is walking through the newsroom, and there's a short. There, uh, a Hawks were on the penalty kill. And he's walking past and he stops, he watches TV, and he wa- he's looking. And I look away and all you hear from Jamal is, what are you doing, Gus? Talking about Ryan Gustafson. <laughs> that, that's how I know things are bad when you've
2: got Jamal Mayers yelling at the TV. Yeah. Well, you know, with Gustafson, he's, he's high risk, high reward. I like the kid. I, I'd, take, I'd take him on my team any day of the week. He, I, I like the way he plays. Yeah, I do too. And he, was he the one that threw the gloves down
1: this week? Did he get, did he get in that fight against uh, New Jersey? I think that was him. Um, somebody, somebody got into it with the uh, with the, the Devils.
2: Yeah, got into it in Boston, New Jersey. No, Gustafson was a couple of weeks ago. Couple of weeks ago, okay. I know he. Got, I knew he was yeah. just
1: in one. I know DeBrinket got in one too. And you, everybody's going, wait, is that DeBrinket in a fight? Like even my, <laughs> uh, I follow uh, Ben Pope at the Sun Times. He's a buddy. I follow him on Twitter, and he's just like, oh my god, DeBrinket's in a fight. This is not a drill.
2: Like, I love that. Th- I love yeah. that they're mixing it up, though. Yeah, I I sent off an email to your buddy last week uh, when he wrote a column about, and he mentioned the best line in pro hockey, the three guys for the Avalanche. So I did a little research according to NHL stats, and I sent them to Ben Pope. Um, The three stars that he mentioned making up the best line in the NHL, you know, you, you you can tell elite hockey by plus minus. Points means absolutely nothing. It's plus-minus, and the, those three, the the, line, the number one line for Colorado, their plus-minus is a, an average of 1.67 for the three of them. You go to the Bruins, who have the perfection line, which is undeniably the best line in pro hockey, and, and Bergeron's out, so you substitute Crecci. If you take those four guys, Bergeron, Crecci, Marjan, and Pasta, their plus-minus is an average of 14.5 versus 1.67. And Pope had the audacity to call uh, that Colorado line the best line in hockey when when they had that weekend series with the Hawks, which was recent. Yeah, I
1: watched both. I was working both those games at my internship because I worked Monday, Friday, Saturday. Those games were Friday, Saturday, home and home. And watching those, and I mean, they look like the best line in hockey, especially, I mean, Colorado, that that second game, uh, was it? Was it Rottenen they got back, or was it McKinnon? One of them was out with an injury. Rottenen. Rottenen. When they got him back, like, you're like, oh, God, okay, this is gonna, this is either going to go really well or really bad, and we saw it went really bad. But my problem yeah. with that second Colorado game, though, was Jeremy Colleton pulled Leonard out of the game after three goals, but Crawford stayed in the whole game after giving up three goals the day before, and then Crawford gave up two more, and you're like, wait a minute. I don't think the goal is the problem here. Yeah.
2: Because they but, got no defense, you, you can't take out the whole defense. So you got to take the goalie and hope some. You know, there's some <coughs> change in the play. Um, and, and the coach has he's got a much better idea than anybody watching the game. There might be some underlying factors, you know, mental, e- emotional, that play into it that he knows about that we don't. So it, it you know, you can't you can't play coach uh, based on the goalie moves. Um, oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even
1: act. I don't even play a hockey coach on TV. Like I, I do not. Not that wouldn't
2: touch that with a ten foot pole. Like no. I, I tell you yeah. what concerns me as a hockey fan is, <laughs> excuse me. Since the cup, the Hawks won the cup in twenty fifteen. They got bounced in the first round against Nashville. They got bounced in the first round against St. Louis. Then they had no playoffs. No playoffs. So this is that fifth year after the last cup. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, that's two first-round exits and no playoffs for three years. There's there's a definite decline here um, in the level of play, and you can't blame it on Coach Q, even though that may have been the right decision after two first-round exits and one uh, non-playoff season and 12 games into the second non-playoff season. I, I just you know what, that that general manager is going to to start facing the music if they don't make the playoffs this year. He's got to have his feet held in the fire. You hit the nail on the
1: head. I didn't think Q should have been fired last year. I think Stan Bowman should have been fired. Because you hit, you brought up, one of those series you brought up, that first round exit against Nashville, when he totally overreacted and basically sold the farm, that is where Mm -hmm. you saw this team go into panic mode and now we're where we're at. Like, where you see the Hawks, struggling they they look like they're still trying to figure out how to work with each other and you don't have that core that you ha- you still got Taves Kane Keith Seabrook but they're all getting old now you need a new core and i i would have kept Artemi Panarin but i he was also my favorite so i'm very biased in that regard
2: yeah. yeah but he
1: overreacted after that Nashville loss and that's why things are the way they are and it's not good so i agree he needs to face the music i said i've said it here I-
2: go ahead Nick I'm sorry
1: no i was just saying I said I've said it here that he he needs to go it's time
2: I I I'm a big fan of Q Hall of Fame coach but the fact is he doesn't play young guys and and the Hawks there was a a turnover that had to be made for whatever reason salary cap inept ineptness by the GM but young guys were coming aboard and Hugh's track record is he doesn't play him. He doesn't give him a chance. So I, I can't help but think that played into letting him go. Um, and, and, I, and I can't argue with it with that if it was for that reason, because the, the Hawks had to make some change. The four players you mentioned, Taze, Kane, Seabrook, Keith, Crow, you can throw Crow in the mix. None of those guys are the players they were in the last Stanley Cup win season, which was, you know, five years ago. Or mm-hmm. coming up on five years ago.
0: Which is crazy Tain to think about.
2: He's to because he can still put up some of those numbers. But, again, if you look at his plus minus, he's not the player he was. Uh, Taze is outstanding, continues to be outstanding on face-offs. He's got to score every more. Every other aspect of his game um, has suffered. But, again, the guy's 31 years old. He's got a ton of games and miles on him with the Olympics, the World Championships, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, a ton of miles. So it's, so I, 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 those guys are trying, they, they just, you know, it's it, time wins out. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that Q's hand was forced with the young guys coming aboard. And um, so I, 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 I reconciled myself to letting Q go for that reason. But now, you know, again, looking at the big picture of first round, first round, nothing, nothing, and maybe nothing this year. That's five years, man. It, not for this franchise.
1: Yeah, no, definitely not a good spot to be in. Uh, by the way, you're listening to Sunday Sports Shootout here on 88.7 WLUW with Nick Schultz and caller Rick on the line. And Rick, I got one more question for you here. You're a you're a Bruins fan, so what do you think of Jeremy Colliton from that standpoint?
2: What do I think of him? Yeah, like what do you think of him as a coach? I I, I think I you know the sample size is too small right now. Um, I I think he just. Completed what would have been a a full season if you take the games from last year, added to the games this year, you know, it's a full season. They certainly played well the last half of last year under his system. Um, I'm a big fan of, you know, the game, the game changes and you have to evolve. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of seeing young coaches come in the league because I I think that's where the future is. And you know, he's closer in age to some of these young guys and, and I, I just hope he succeeds. Um, I, I'm rooting for him.
1: Yeah, I'm rooting for him, too. I know uh, Jay, Jay Zawoski went on the score a few weeks ago and called for him to be fired on the year anniversary of Quinville's firing, and then all of a sudden they start looking good. Well, now they're kind of regressing a little bit. So I, th- I agree. Yeah. I think the jury's still out a little bit. I think there's a lot of
2: upside, though. But in fairness to the coach, he's working for a GM that we both agree uh, maybe is past his day. Is you know mm-hmm. incompetent? I, I just I'm not a fan of him. I'm not it. either.
1: I used to say never, tr- never, or never question Stan the man. Is what I used to say in like high school when they were going on all those runs. And now I'm looking back at that and going, what What was I thinking? Like what? Where? Are you, what is going on right now? <laughs> it's It's not well, good. Again, and,
2: yeah. the, the game change. Hockey changes so quickly. Um, not necessarily year to year, but certainly every three four years. it's it's changing. It, they're getting smaller and faster, and their skill set is, is more important than the big brawny guy. But watch, um, Nick. You'll start to see the big, the heavy hockey come back with big guys because it, 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 it's cyclical. Mm-hmm. I, that's the hockey I like. <laughs> I was doing yeah, something. That's what I'm used to. I was doing a project. Hey, that... Nick, thanks, thanks for taking my call, man. It's always good to talk to you. Good luck with the show and your uh, grades and your papers.
1: I appreciate it, Rick. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Hey, happy holidays if I don't talk to you. Thank thank you. You too. Bye. All right. See you later. That's Rick in Greenview. Always good talking hockey with him. Uh, Phone lines are going to be back open, 773-508-9589, 773-508-WLUW. Yeah, it's it's a crazy situation with the Blackhawks, and I mean – I was working. I was gonna before Rick hung up. I was gonna tell him that I was doing a project at my internship where I had to go through and find highlights from a game in 2009 for something we're working on. Uh, you'll you'll see it coming out. And I was going through the I was going through the game, just scrolling through, trying to find where the goal was. And I swear, I saw three fights within the first period or two. And now. You watch games and you heard me say it was a surprise that Alex deBrinkket got in a fight you see Andrew Shaw mixed it up but it's it's not as common to see fights in the National Hockey League and I don't know if it's because they've got the smaller guys or I don't know what I don't know what the difference is but I don't know there's something about a good hockey fight and it's crazy how the game has changed. And like Rick said I think we're gonna see it go back to that way I might be a little I might be a little conservative in that regard but Again, I'm not a staunch. I've never played hockey. I've played NHL. We got another caller on the line. Uh, Never played hockey. I've never... I've only ever played the NHL video game. Like I don't try to be a coach. But I love me a good hockey fight. (laughs) Seeing Alex DeBrinkett mix it up was one of the greatest things I've seen this season. Because you you see him, you, you don't expect him to... Mix it up like that. You don't expect him to drop the gloves. He's kind of cal- calmer demeanor. And you see him do that, and you're like, okay. Oh, not a not a caller? Oh, I wonder if it was a telemarketer or something. Uh, 773-508-9589, if anyone actually wants to call instead of being a fake caller like that person. So let I just want to get back to the Bears for one second. Uh, playoff picture, not sure what to make of it. It's going to be a sprint to the end of the season, and I I really hope Mitchell Trubisky can keep this up. But I do want to move on because it wouldn't be the Sunday sports shootout if the Bulls didn't take me off this week. And you know what they did? They went and they ticked me off. You know why? Because they lost to the Warriors again. See, look at me. I came in in such a good mood because the, the Bears won, and they looked really, really good. And I'm really happy because they could make the playoffs still – and I, got, I have a reason to watch the Seahawks-Rams game and after I watch the Irishman, of course. And I'm just, I'm so happy. And now I'm shifting gears and I'm just coming out guns blazing because the Bulls lost to the Warriors again. But this time it was at home. And they had their chances to win. And Jim Boylan called another stupid timeout. And then he said more cliches after the game and he smiled in the post-game press conference after a win. That's how you take me off. Well, that's one of the many ways you t- you can tick me off. But that's one way to really get me ticked off. Bulls play the Heat today at 5 p.m. down in Miami. They're going to get killed. <laughs> they're going to lose. They're going to lose bad because Jimmy Buckets is going to still be out for revenge. And then the Bulls come home tomorrow and they got the Raptors at the United Center. I don't know how that one's going to go, but because they're playing at home, I'm going to guess they're going to lose. The Bulls are playing the Warriors they lost 198. They scored 15 points in the fourth quarter. Lowry marketing had 17 points in the first half. He finished with 20. He disappeared in Jim Boylan's answer? I oh, don't know. Yeah, what happened to Lowry? I oh, don't know. That's not what you want to hear from the coach. And he had an oh, he had he had another one of his other clichés. In that press conference, where it, I thought I was going to dent the table because I was running teleprompter for the post game show, and I thought I thought I was going to dent the table, and we got another caller on the line. This is going to be an actual caller. Or is this going to be like the last one where they hang up on us? But I was joking, and I commented this on the Rush NBC Sports's uh, Facebook live show. And (laughs) you you got I Thought there was gonna be a Kevin Costner quote somewhere in there, maybe like tin cup or something. And oh man, but good old Jim Boylan. And now we have another caller on the line. Hello, caller, you're on WLUW.
0: Hello, Nick. How you doing?
1: What's going on, Daryl? How you doing, my
0: friend? Pretty good. Yourself?
1: You know, stressed out, it's all good, finals week, getting everything together, you know, second semester, senior year coming up, everything's fine.
0: (laughs) I know you're finishing up with things, huh?
1: Yeah, it's scary, very, very scary. (laughs) Exciting,
0: come on, it's exciting. I just got to, you know, find a job. (laughs) You're going to get a job, a guy like you, come on, as soon as you're on the market, they're going to grab you up, they'll be fighting for you.
1: Hey, they got a bartender job open anywhere?
0: It's always have to fall back on, you know?
1: Exactly. I'd be like Tom Cruise in Cocktail, except better at my job.
0: There you go. You got <laughs> to my alley now. You went to basketball. Uh, I can't uh, keep up with Rick with the hockey because I obviously would not have any clue what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I've been doing a lot and of Hawk covered... stuff at NBC Sports, so.
0: Yeah, and you covered the Bears, too, which wasn't it refreshing? I just want to get back real quick for you. Oh, yeah. Well, before you go back to the Bulls, but wasn't it refreshing to actually watch Mr. Strabisky play to his strengths rather than what they had been doing pretty much all season?
1: I was watching that game, and my reactions was like it was last year again, where I was really excited, and I'm on the edge of my seat, and I got done. I'm like, yeah, they won. I got the club dub. The club dub's going. I got the playlist on my phone. Like,
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was great. That was fun to watch. I'm seeing him running. Oh, my God, he's actually doing running plays. Isn't that what he should be doing? Shouldn't he have been doing that all along? And yes. Why weren't they doing that all along?
1: Let Mitch be Mitch. Exactly, exactly how I've been putting it. He has not been letting Mitch be Mitch. So, what's so on your mind we, with the Bulls?
0: Are we going to let Jim Boylan be Jim Boylan
1: Yeah, well, do you want to quote Feel the Dreams or Tin Cup?
0: <laughs> oh, did he do Tin Cup too? No, I'm saying he should have quoted Tin Cup. <laughs> or oh, he should have. Okay, I, I know he did Feel the Dreams. Uh,
1: yeah i uh, I was joking that uh he should have quoted Crash Davis and bull Durham uh, don't i'm going to i'm going to put in brackets mess don't mess with a winning streak don't f with a winning streak. That was my quote that I would have used, but no whatever
0: <laughs> I think it's a pretty impressive if you could lose your season series both games you're playing against Golden State with the current roster of Golden State rather than the normal golden State team, which would have been understandable obviously.
1: Yeah, that losing to the worst team in the league twice and this time at home, yeah, I, I'm, I'm done. They had five wins all season. Yeah. Two and,
0: of them are now against the Bulls.
1: Yeah, that's not great. I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no way to put it.
0: I just, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so what are you seeing from the hometown perspective since I'm not there all the time, hearing, reading everything, like, you know, as much as obviously you are? Well...
1: I can tell you based on Boylan's press conferences that he he thinks they can win because they're improving, they're practicing hard, and they care. That's the quote I was just
0: looking for. I did hear that. I I actually heard his press conference after they lost to Golden State. Oh, I'm sorry. And and I think that there is nothing more important than the fact that they care to make a winning team. I I think that is the number one thing you need to have a winning championship team is that you care. I don't think any other team in the league cares – more than the beer, than the Bulls, though. Excuse me, Bulls, not Bears.
1: We were, we were sitting in the control room when he's talking. Like we have grown and we, we've improved. And you hear the producer just go, "How? Tell me how." Okay. Like there's been I I'm so sick of the guy. Like I, I mean, you're down in you're down in Charlotte. Is this guy as much of a laughing stock down there as he is up here?
0: I don't think anyone really talks about it. By the way, I did hear Joe Collie kind of pushing him on a few questions. Yeah, I was about to say Joe's going, out,
1: Joe's going out there knocking, pull, pulling the gloves off. It was great. He's the one that got the, if you build it, they will come. That was his question.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I was loving listening to it and putting him on the spot. I, I think he may have said something along the lines, like how have they gotten better or what. He said something along. I don't remember exactly, but he was questioning him on his you know, rhetoric which is always a bunch of bull to begin with, so to speak. Uh, Putting it together, maybe he's perfect for the Bulls because he speaks a bunch of bull, doesn't he? (laughs)
1: That's funny.
0: I don't use the other word because then I would uh, get you in trouble. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: I was going to hit the, i my finger on the dump button. Ready for the dump button? (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I know better than that, though. So uh, (laughs) I'll never, but, you know, when I, I look at this Bulls team, I mean, I, you know, by the way, you know what I'm doing tonight?
1: You're not going to sit
0: through the Bulls game, are you? Well, I'm going to be sitting through a game. I am going to the Charlotte Hornet game tonight. Oh, nice. That'll be fun. Who they got tonight? Uh, that's exactly why I'm going tonight. They are playing the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Oh, God. Of course you're going
0: to watch the Hawks play. Trey Young. I am going to be wearing my Trey Young jersey to the game. Uh-huh. And I am looking forward to it, so I've got to get tickets for Trey Young playing here locally and, and the tickets are really cheap which makes it even better it was like 10 something dollars a ticket you know which is that's not bad yeah it's not bad at all it was on stub hub you know really cheap and all. And what the heck something to do right
1: yeah i mean it'd be better than watching bulls heat because i'm not i know i'm not gonna watch that because i like i said i am be watching the irishman tonight i'm so excited
0: <laughs> I, did you see my text? For, I, I did. I haven't I haven't
1: been able to read it yet, but yes, I got it. Thank you for the review.
0: <laughs> I did see the movie. It was definitely good. Uh, interesting movie. It was long, but it didn't really feel that long. We split it in two days because uh, uh, the wife was tired. She wanted to go to sleep. So we had probably half or a little bit more than half left the next day. Uh, I like the music. I mentioned it to you. The first song, I don't know if you'll know it. I know you know the old music. But this song's back from the '50s. Great song, starting the movie, and they played it actually a couple times in the movie. I like '50s songs. Uh, Do you you know "In the Still of the Night" by the Five Satins? Yes, I love that song. That's what the movie starts pretty much with that song. Okay, so so you know, I don't think I'm giving anything away. The plot's not going away on that, but uh, okay. Definitely a good movie
1: though. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I mean, kinda I mean like I said, I've been putting it off just like I don't want to sit down for three and a half hours when I could be doing like, you know, important stuff. But I have a day off I have a day off today after the show where I'm like, I'm just gonna go home, I'm just gonna relax. Because I went to my grandma's yesterday, so that helped. And I had something else that night, so I'm like,
0: I'm gonna go home, watch the Irishman. But I think you got something enjoyable in front of you then. I think you'll like the movie.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, going back to the Bulls, uh, I got a fun fact for you. I don't know if you sure. saw my tweet about it. Did you know Jim Boylan now has more wins than Jim Boylan?
0: Oh, you mean so this Jim Boylan has more wins than the other Jim Boylan?
1: Yes, so this Jim Boylan, Y-L-E-N, has 25 wins in 81 games as Bulls head coach. Jim Boylan, Y-L-A-N, who, coached, who was the interim coach in 0708, had 24 wins in 56 games.
0: Uh, yeah, I know man. I, I know you've said this before, Nick. I know you said you're not very good in math. And I've probably said before I'm not really good in math either. But I believe the other Jim Boylan with an A, that record technically is better, even though he's got less wins. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Uh, Jim, Bo- Jim Boylan in 7 08 has a 43.4 winning percentage. And this Jim Boylan has a 30.9 winning percentage.
0: That's, that's what basketball reference is telling us, me. I think for either one of us, we know that the current Jim Boylan's winning percentage is not quite as good. Correct. Correct. Yeah, you know, here's the thing that kind of bugs me. You know, since I'm local here in Charlotte now, the Charlotte games are actually on TV. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, I'll put them on. And Devonte Graham, a second round draft pick, is probably the best player right now, on the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Excuse me. And I see a Charlotte Hornets team that plays good, tough defense, that moves the ball around really well. I think their record's, you know, similar to the Bulls. I might even be better. But uh-huh. I, can tell I you in a see second. basically no talent, practically, on Charlotte. And I see what should be far more talent on the Bulls. And yet, I see one team that's far overachieving, in my opinion. To me, they should have two, three wins at the, at the most. And I see a Bulls team that is so far underachieving. And the only comparison I could realistically make of why that's a factor or truth is because of the coach. One team, I think, has got a good coach in of uh, That's how it's pronounced with the, the coach here in, in Charlotte. And Boylan is a total... Yeah, you know, I don't want to get off the air. So you know what he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, Charlotte nine and fifteen, uh, Chicago eight and fifteen. Yeah, that gives you an idea.
0: The Bulls would have to win the game to actually be the same record as that. Correct.
1: Yeah, the Bulls, Bulls would do have to win it. They're
0: tonight. not going to do today. No,
1: they're. Oh God, the Heat are going to roll over them. Yeah. Uh, one thing I brought up Lowry marketing about how he had seventeen points in the first half the other day, and he finished with twenty. And everyone's like, Where'd Lowry go? What happened to Lowry? I think it goes back to the coach. I mean, is that do you think that's fair to say that because like, there's a disconnect there and Lowry's not growing and developing as Boylan prides on doing because of Boylan?
0: You get what I'm asking? The most important thing is I mean, Boylan's talking about he wants to use all his players. I believe if I'm not mistaken, in the game on Friday, that he actually used ten players eleven. in the first quarter. Was he, it 11? Used, he
1: used eleven in the first half. I, I
0: well, I thought it was ten in the first quarter, even or ten. The fr- was it oh. ten in
1: the first quarter? I was. That was a crazy. We had Blackhawks and Bulls and high school football, and that was not. Yeah, that was a crazy day. So I couldn't really follow, but I know he went ten deep at least because I mean, he loves using an eleven. He loves going eleven players deep. He, I mean, I don't know why Shaq Harrison's on the court.
0: Shaq Harrison should not even be on the team, let alone on the court.
1: Yeah, I don't know why Archie Diacono's is playing so much. Like, I don't get it. Why is Kobe White sitting on the bench for the for eight minutes in the fourth quarter when you're needing a score?
0: If you want to develop your team and develop your players, you develop the players that matter to your team in the future. Uh, Shaq Harrison... To me, not even an NBA player unless he's one of 15 guys on your bench because you're supposed to have 15 guys. He's not a guy that ever should be a factor in any team that's any good at all in getting real playing time. I mean, Arts, he could be a little new. I mean, I don't hate him as a player. Uh, he could be somebody that you could get a few minutes out of. You know, he's going to play hard, probably not do something stupid most of the time, maybe hit a shot. But he should not be a guy that's playing important minutes down the stretch for you if you have any resemblance of a good team at all. Uh, And you've got to play the important players. You've got to get marketing involved in the game. Kobe White should be playing bigger minutes in the game. Wendell Carter should be taking more shots. I mean, you should be encouraging him to shoot the three ball and being more aggressive out there. I mean, you should maybe be encouraging Zach Levine not to be quite as aggressive. And I don't like the multiple ball handler thing. I like, well, I don't know if they have one guy, but I like one guy. Like if I had a Trey Young, Trey Young's handling the ball. Trey Young's the one setting everybody up. That's the ideal way to do it. And that's why I wanted Trey Young so much on the Bulls, because I thought Trey Young would have made Levine better and made Marketing better. Obviously, they wouldn't have Carter if they had Trey Young since it's the same draft but I'd be okay with that, obviously. Uh, Chris Dunn, I think the shit would have been so much better. I don't understand what they're doing, and I don't think the coach understands what he's doing realistically. You think so, Nick, or you don't?
1: I mean, I don't think Chris Dunn should be starting, first of all. And I'm going to actually turn it back on you with a question. Do you think Kobe White should be starting? I'm curious what your read is on
0: this. Well, I'm okay with starting him only for the fact that he's your rookie, he's your seventh pick in the draft, like they've had three in a row, they're all seven. And you might as well just play him, see what you got. Now, here, well, I've said it before, I'll say it all along. Kobe White is not now and will never be a point guard.
1: I think we're seeing that I now.
0: Right. He, no, I, I saw that. When well, I, I, I mean, like people, that. when
1: he was drafted, they're like, oh, yeah, we finally got a point guard. And you're like, I don't think he's a point guard.
0: No, he's not a point guard. I mean, he might be. He's a guard. He could score. I mean, he's kind of a, so far he's been a little bit, you know, streaky, but he could definitely score. He's very, he's streaky down the court, too. He's very quick, but he's not that great finishing at the basket. Uh, He's not the best, like I said, to me, he looks for his shot a lot more than he looks for other, his teammates. Yes. Uh, So, again, he's not a point guard, but I would be playing him because if you want to develop anybody, you do not want to develop 15 players. You want to develop maybe your three to four to five to six players that are the key players on your team. Because I mean, obviously let's say your best six players and you might not have your best six players yet. The Bulls obviously don't, but your best six players are going to make your team whatever it's going to be in the future. Those are the guys that you want to develop. Those are the guys you want to play. Those are the guys you want to be playing big minutes to or playing minutes when it counts and getting better. The other guys do not matter. Do you understand that, Jim Boylan? I'm not calling you Jim Boylan, but I'm, you know.
1: I was going to say, I hope you're not calling me Jim Boylan because I would. Uh, I have
0: more respect for you than that, you know.
1: I, I appreciate it. <laughs> that, that means that means a lot. But I I. <laughs> personally think Kobe White should be the sixth man for the time being just until I mean I hate to use the words but until he develops and grows like I feel like he needs to be one of those that sees the action happen from the bench and then gets into the game I feel like that would be a good way to kind of build his build him up mentally but the problem is you're without Otto Porter so you have an opening in the starting lineup and I don't want to start Chris Dunn I don't want to see Chris Dunn in the starting lineup ever again, but here we are because Otto Porter's hurt, and I don't want to start Kobe
0: White—not yet. So you want Sato starting then, or what? Sure, I think Sato is starting. Well, that's just so you got Sato. So who's your other starter then, generally?
1: Then? Uh, so I'm looking up the lineup from the other day, just because they always put it in a picture him, and it's easier. I'm a visual. I'm a visual guy. Lerner. Yeah, I'm a a visual learner, and visual anything, if I can see it, it makes more sense in my head. So I just got to find it on the old Twitterverse. Um, I'm doing my Mike Francesa imitation over here, scrolling through, trying to find the answer and all this stuff. Um, But yeah, I know they got starting lineup. Here it is. Saturansky, Levine, Dunn, Markinen, and Carter was the starting five the other day.
0: Uh,
1: That would have been against Golden State.
0: Now, would you, who would you rather to, who would you rather have in there than outside of Dunn starting?
1: That's the, see, that's where the that's where I'm conflicted because I don't know if I want to start Kobe White yet, but I don't want Chris Dunn in the lineup, and I think those are probably your two best options until you get Otto Porter Jr. back.
0: Well, supposedly Sato is a point guard, correct? Yeah. And Kobe's obviously not a point guard. No, right. Right. <laughs> so you could have them playing together because he really is an off guard. Mm-hmm. So if, you, you know, if that's going to be right now your best lineup, why don't you put them out there together and let him play his real position, which is off guard. Sato, again, I don't know if I consider him an elite point guard. Of course, I don't consider him that, but that's the best you've got right now as a, as a supposedly true point guard. Uh, So let him be that in position and start that way. I'm okay with Dunn coming off the bench. Uh, Dunn gives you tough defense. If nothing else, he gives you tough defense.
1: Yeah, that's really it. If nothing else, (laughs) he can't hit a three. Well,
0: he's not a true point guard. He's obviously not a great outside shooter. I mean, he he played two years ago. He actually was looking good before he smashed his face up with that dunk. Yeah. You know, when he, when he used his teeth or mouth or whatever it was to land, uh, he actually was looking good. Don't forget, it. he was closing out games. He was the guy taking the last shot. And I'll tell you what, he was probably better taking the last shot, even though he can't shoot as well as Levine can. He was probably actually better at doing it than Levine has been at doing it. He was sure. effective. He, but see, and I'm not saying he had a good coach in Fred Hoyberg. To me, Fred Hoyberg's not. An NBA head coach, either he doesn't have the personality for it.
1: I didn't but think Hoiberg was a good coach, but I respected the hell out of the guy.
0: Well, here's the thing: is Hoiberg's got more basketball smarts than Boylan does. Boylan has—I don't know what Boylan has. I think Boylan's got – really well, feel, feel the dreams quotes. He's got—he's got Feel of dreams
1: quotes. That's what he's got. That's all he does. It's, it's Kevin Costner. And, Let's just throw it he, all out
0: there. <laughs> right. He's—he's he's got his certain words. He's yeah. got spirit. He's got like uh, Heart, you know, all, growth development. Like, Right, he's got all of that, and he's got great butt-kissing ability with the owner or the owner's son to be able to get himself in the three-year extension, and that's pretty much his ability. As I mean, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want Jim Boylan on my staff, let alone the head coach. I would not want this guy on my staff. This guy at worked all. for
1: Popovich, though. I don't
2: understand, and I,
0: and I can't understand it. I can't figure it out. What do you see? I mean, do you think this guy offers anything? Don't forget, he supposedly was, a, a, I guess, a defensive guru. Now, we had Thibodeau here. Now, Thibodeau, to me, was a defensive guru. Yes. This guy here, when he was the assistant coach with the Bulls, before Hoiberg got fired, the Bulls' defense stunk. It was garbage. So when he came in, all of a sudden, oh, i got to have a, a training camp. i got to be able to make these well, what were you doing when you were already there? You were technically the coach of the defense. You were the defensive coordinator, if you want to use a football vernacular there. Right? Isn't that what he was technically? Heuber was the offensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator. How come their defense was absolute garbage? Because maybe he's a bad defensive coach along with being a bad coach, period. I was going to
1: say, you, you don't even need defensive in there. He's just not good. He's not a good coach. But I, exactly. Exactly. I, I just want Daniel Gafford injected into my veins, though. Like, I'm tired of seeing Luke Cornett. Give me Daniel Gafford.
0: Have you seen well, this you kid? Know, the, the first game I went to, Luke Cornett played because uh, I saw the bull game. And I'm watching Luke Cornett against uh, Charlotte. And I'm going, this guy's, like, moving in slow motion. This is like, what's this guy doing on the court? I'm saying to myself, why is this guy out here? Why are they keeping him in the game? I mean, oh, I, mean I, I don't like him at all.
1: I honestly think Jim Boylan's ideal lineup is – Archie Diacono, Cornette, Levine, Sodoransky, and Thad Young. I'm convinced that that is his ideal lineup. Well, he hasn't played Thad Young a lot. Well, it's Thad, Young, Thad Young's been kind of hurt. He was hurt the other day. But I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, to balance out because you need another forward out there. Like, I think that's well, his ideal
0: lineup. Well, when I hear that and, lineup, I, I, all I think of is NBA championships, multiple. Multiple NBA championships.
1: And Spirit. Don't forget Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that lineup would have the most heart and spirit in the entire NBA
0: because if you build it, Daryl, if you build it, they and, will come. And, it, and you know what, next No lineup will care more than that lineup does either. They
1: care. They practice hard. That's how I know we're improving. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop the madness. <laughs> It's always fun when I work the – after a loss like that, and I know we're running out of time, but whenever I work a loss in the postgame show, like I don't know if you can watch Jason Goff, Kendall Gill, Will Purdue. I can't, no. Oh, man, they are they are brutally honest. Like they are. They don't sugarcoat. They say, like when Boylan said there was no shame in losing to Golden State the first time, Will Purdue said, no, there is shame in this. And you just see Goff and Kendall just look at him and go, yeah, you're right. But, yeah, if you get the chance, like on the – I know I could do the promotion for the app, but I won't. But you can download the app and watch it. It's, it's worth it. Maybe they do a good maybe job. text me
0: that uh, so I could do that.
1: Yeah, sounds good. But hey, we're out of time, so it was good talking to you, Daryl. and I'll talk to you soon. All right.
0: Good luck on your finals, buddy.
1: Take Appreciate you, it. Okay? Take all right. Care. Yeah, you too. All right. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, talk, yeah. I'm gonna need that luck on the, on those finals. So we are out of time because it's noon. Thank you to caller Rick. Thank you, caller Daryl, for helping me out and chiming in. Uh, We'll be back next week, and we'll see what happens in the week in Chicago sports. So thank you, everybody, for listening. For all of us here at WW, I'm Nick Schultz signing off. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you.